0: Hey, everybody, Andy Hamilton coming to you with a special track wrestling podcast. This is the Clash 15 edition. We're going to be bringing you the Clash live Friday and Saturday with a track cast live stream from Rochester, Minnesota. The field this year is absolutely loaded. 32 teams, nine ranked in the top 50 nationally by Intermatch. Number two, Buchanan. Number three, St. Edward. Number four, Lake Highland Prep. Perennial Power. Oak Park River Forest is back in the field from Illinois. Those are your four number one pool seeds, and we're going to be hearing from the head coaches of those four programs later in the show. But we're going to kick this thing off with the man who put this thing together, the Clash Executive Director, Lance Hughes. Thank you for joining us, Lance. Hey, Andy, thanks for having me. I appreciate you giving the time to the Clash. Well, you guys uh, pour countless hours year round into making this thing one of the top high school spectacles in the country every year what are the last few days leading up to the tournament like for you each year oh just super breezy not at all uh
1: busy um we're dealing with uh last minute things that always come up um been talking to a lot of coaches a few in particular Mostly we have to give a little bit more attention to the teams who are coming for the first time and really don't understand the whole process. Um, You know, making sure the webcast is all set up. We, you know, we bring in an announcer from each team who covers and follows that team throughout the tournament on the webcast. So we're making sure they're comfortable, they have the information they need and uh, making sure we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's.
0: Well, one of the things that's really interesting this year is half the teams are new to the clash. Can you describe to our listeners what goes into the process of selecting the field and, and the recruiting process for you in filling out the lineup every year? Yeah, you know, the guys that were before me, they set
1: up a pretty good process. And uh, the first thing is there's three teams that have a standing invitation and that's Vacaville, California, Apple Valley, Minnesota, and Glenbard, North Illinois. Uh, Vacaville and Apple Valley have been to every clash and they'll be back again this year. Glenbard, North missed one along the way. Uh, They were the first champion uh, as well. So those three teams come, we start there, get their invitation to them and they know they're invited. Uh, Then what we do is uh, come the middle of January, we sit down and we, look at the teams who we think are going to be competing for state championships uh, in their home state. We kind of look at the top 50 on Intermat and uh, we start throwing out some invitations to teams that for sure we want to invite. And then uh, after the state tournaments are all done at uh, respective states, we uh, put together a list of every state champion, individual and dual tournaments in the country. And we kind of go through and we go to track, which uh, now track has made it easy for us to go through and search uh, what teams are going to have a lot of underclassmen returning. And we start there and we compile a list and kind of put a wish list together. And we start making uh, some calls and some emails. And we try to like, we try to have most of the field put together by the end of April. And there's always some teams whose schools don't let them commit until uh, the end of the school year and even a couple who can't sign contracts until they start their next school year um, and we you know kind of chip away at it and generally we have it done by the end of July we know who's all coming but sometimes there's teams that have to drop out and then we go down our list
0: and uh, add a few where needed. Once you get the 32 set what goes into assembling the bracket So the brackets were just assembled uh, after last
1: weekend's event. So the last one that we were waiting on was the OPRF Washington duel, which happened Friday night. There was also a a duel in Minnesota on Thursday night that was going to affect the brackets. That was Simley and Foley who were both in the field. Um, Once we, all those events are done, we, uh, we let the national press send us their rankings and they rank them one through 32. And there's about five guys that send that in. And then we look at head to head. We get that from uh, locally here and for the Minnesota teams, but we go on track wrestling and we search all the tournaments where we know uh, teams will have wrestled each other. And uh, we do the head to head. Then we look at common opponents. Um, Then we contact all the straight state press where I'll, touch base with, uh, like the North Dakota headlock and Illinois mat AZ wrestling. And we kind of see, okay, who has dominant opponents? Maybe we don't know about and, uh, where do they feel they should be ranked? Uh, and then we go to the state rankings for each state and kind of go through that. And we, uh, then we seed and separate. We put them in, uh, one through 32, how, you know, the national rankers put them in there. And uh, then we kind of separate. We don't ever want a team that competed at the clash last year to wrestle the same team they wrestled in the tournament last year in the first round. Uh, We try to separate the teams. If they would have wrestled each other, even if they're from Wisconsin and Illinois, if they've competed against each other in the past year, we try to separate them. So they're always getting fresh competition when they come here. Uh, We try to keep the Minnesota teams away from each other as much as possible. Uh, Not always that easy when you have 11 teams and only uh, four brackets of eight. Um, We will make sure if a team's going to meet each other in the second round on that first day, where a Class A team uh, won't wrestle another Class A team, Uh, maybe a Class A versus a Triple A, that's a little more acceptable for us. And uh, then we'll... kind of get that bracket put together and uh, look at it. And, you know, you'll, there's some good examples in the brackets this year where, uh, you know, maybe a two and three is real close. and Maybe we have to swap that two and three to get them in, to fit into the brackets the way that we like to assemble them and not have them have opponents that they've wrestled recently or maybe re- wrestling yet this year.
0: Well, let's get to the brackets. We're going to start with bracket A first, and you got the number two team in the country, the defending champions, Buchanan from California, coming in as the number one seed. Bismarck Century will be the opening round opponent for Buchanan. Uh, Hastings from Minnesota is going to take on Tahoma, Washington. Anoka, Minnesota is going to get Glenbard North. Zumbrata, Mazeppa, Minnesota is going to get Roseburg, Oregon. What are some of the storylines that you've got your eye on in bracket A-land?
1: Well, I think the big storyline there is it's Buchanan. Coming back to defending champion, uh, Coach Troy Troy Tirapelli pretty much calls it his junior team. The team is loaded with juniors, so we're going to see a lot of these kids come back again next year. Um, A vast majority of the team that wrestled at the clash, they're going to be back on the squad again this year. Uh, they are definitely the favorite of that bracket being the one seed. Uh, I think Roseburg and Anoka is maybe the best, uh, two and three matchup in the tournament. Uh, that should be exciting. Uh, Anoka was ranked a little bit higher. I saw Intermat put, uh, Roseburg ahead of them with the, with the rankings that just came out a few days ago. Um, that's a goodie. Uh, I think Anoka needs to kind they're going to come prepared. Glenbard North, maybe they're down a little bit this year, but they know the clash. They've been there quite a few times. There's another good duel right there. Some broda uh small school, uh, not a lot of stars on the team, but they're solid top to bottom. And uh, if they match up with the right team, uh, with the right weight classes, be careful. Um, Hastings and Tahoma, four and five seed, that's a toss-up. Uh, Hastings always comes to the clash. They've made that championship bracket many times, and uh, I think Tahoma is coming in for the first year, and uh, that could be an interesting one as well.
0: Well, we had a chance to visit with the head coach of the number one seed in this bracket, Troy Terapelli of Buchanan. We're going to take a listen to that now. We're joined now by Clovis Buchanan head coach, Troy Tirapelli, whose squad won the clash last year and comes in this year, ranked number two nationally by InterMet. Thank you for giving us some time today, Troy.
2: Uh, Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, this, uh, you know, as I mentioned at the top, your, your squad won it a year ago. Um, What was the experience like for you guys last year? and, And what do you like about the clash?
2: Uh. The best, I mean, it was it was an outstanding experience. Um, like you said, we've been, we, we we get some good wrestling in our area in the Central Valley, having uh, Clovis High and different people like so close to us. And uh, thank God with Fresno Stadium brought back. But uh, we, we've traveled and we get uh, the experience of the Doc Buchanan, which has to be one of the best tournaments in the country run and tough wise. And we actually went back to the Powerade and saw that, like that basically what I would describe as the, Pennsylvania, Doc Buchanan, for our uh, in our say, consideration, basically how tough it is, how smooth it runs, but the clash offers us that dual atmosphere that we lack in uh, in California that we're trying to bring back. And to be honest, like everything that we were gearing toward last year was to try to beat Clovis in the duel, and that was, I can I can directly say that I think that really helped pull us together and show us what it was going to take and that it could be done.
0: Well, a year ago, uh, as you mentioned, you beat Clovis, uh, you got your dad and your brother coaching three miles down the street or whatever it is. Um, first of all, what are holidays like when when you guys have two of the top 10 teams in the country and, and that rivalry is what it is? I mean, it looked like it was completely bonkers at that dual meet a year ago.
2: <laughs> I, I'd i have to say, well, I think uh, the significant others for the most part would stay boring because mostly it's wrestling talk. But It's a, it's definitely what I consider a friendly rivalry, as you said. We're just over three miles away, so besides the the proximity and when you add that into uh, with uh, technology and everything nowadays, there's no secrets. I know what they got, and we know what we got. It's just going out there and 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 trying to trying to beat the other person.
0: You mentioned that you know what they've got. You know what you've got. uh, Can you describe for our listeners what do you have this year how is this team built differently than the one you brought to minnesota a year ago uh
2: this one seems to be this one seems to be Just a little. this one seems to be a little more uh a, a little more depth a little more uh solid all, all the way around i mean we had a good team and i know people would laugh at me saying if, uh, once they saw our results in in california especially but we were we did a great job at the end of the year, our kids wrestled really well. I was like, but we kind of banked on, on four, four seniors and being able to put them kind of anywhere in the lineup and, and expect to, if not compete, you know, beat the other team's best guys. And, and it turned out, you know, the way we matched up and stuff like that last year, we were, we were able to wrestle well and kind of overcome. I think this year, our, our uh, we were a team of sophomores last year, let's say. Now we're, we're basically a team of juniors with some other mixed in pieces. So they're on the uh, upperclassmen end of things. And I think they have a little more belief now that they all did it as sophomores as well. So I think they, they, they're ready to rise to the occasion.
0: You know, you got a state champion and Matthew Olguin, you know, you mentioned you have some guys, you know, when we were talking off air, you said, you, you know, you got two guys in the national rankings. You feel like a bunch of guys are on that cusp of maybe popping in. Who are some guys that have, have caught your eye? and made a big jump here, here recently that, that you think will start to capture some of that attention nationally?
2: Um, I'd say, I mean, obviously you named Matthew O'Gee and I said he's very good. Uh, and they, I think, um, they've, uh, recognized uh, Anthony Montalvo at 182 somewhere. I depending on rankings, um, which ones are using, uh, but also you got a I think a couple more. I mean, I, I think we got a few to be honest, but a couple more that are that are right there would be like our uh, Ethan Leake, who will uh, finish year one twenty two for us. He's a returning state champ. He won one fifteen in California last year, and uh, I think he'll be he'll be right there to be in. Um, we have a kid named Joel Romero who finished uh, third in the state in California last year as a sophomore. I think he'll be right there, and he'll probably wrestle end up wrestling around forty seven fifty four when we as the season progresses here and then I think the one of the bigger unknowns because I think he had a little bit of a lesser less than stellar performance at the end of the year he's actually one of our lower place finishers I know it's not a bad thing to be but took fifth last year Cade Belshay but he he was at 170 last year and I can't say he's ballooned up because when you see him he's going to still look like a stick figure he's just really big and now filled out a little bit but he's at 220 and I think he's going to make some noise because he he moves real well. He's he's a, he's he's a big guy who knows how to wrestle like a little guy, and those are usually dangerous when they can uh, when that comes to fruition. <laughs> what do you think you're going to find out about
0: your team? What are you what are you hoping to find out about them here in the next week?
2: Um, one of the things I like the most about uh, the clash is, is toughness. I said, um, you you're going to get bumps and bruises. Things are not going to go your way. We're not going to have five guys on our team go six and oh and stuff and and that's the greatest thing about it is someone someone different has to kind of pick up the reins and lead from match to match depending on what the other team's got and and you're gonna stub your toe and stumble at times like you see real quick which kids like being out in front of people like facing adversity uh want want to kind of put the team on their back and which ones are you know they're more just a Hey, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, just a part of it. Like, not that it's a bad thing, but you can see real quick, which ones kind of you're counting on in the heat of battle. You mentioned that you guys are trying to rebuild the dual system out there because there's really no
0: reward for it. There's not a state duels championship. What kind of things are you guys doing there in your backyard to, to do that?
2: Uh, just, I mean, emphasis on it. We're not getting a lot of, uh, uh, how do I say it? Um, Voice coverage. and I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm not saying that properly. But like, a lot of the high ups aren't listening to it. They want basically you to do all the work, and then want it when it's a moneymaker. They then they want to jump on board. And I was like, that's that's not what it's about. But I think we've caught the ear of a few people, especially with just um the duel that we put on. And and like I said, I, I tell people that's like that's amazing. I wish we had a rivalry like that. And I was like, hey, the biggest thing about it, we tell them is. It's got to be a friendly rivalry, hey dude. Trust me, our kids want to win real bad. Their kids want to win real bad. I do. My brother and dad do over at Clovis High. but ultimately, the schools do work together to make it as big as it as, as it has become, and because of that, we actually have our like uh, state's founding offices. is uh, I think some of the high ups and are are coming down from Sacramento to like they're postponing something that they had. On the calendar to basically actually to be a part of it to see if we should go forward with this kind of state dual series stuff a little bit. You
0: know, Clovis was out here five years ago, and you've got you got them coming up here. Uh, I believe on January 26th. What are the yep. odds that you know somewhere down the road we see Buchanan and Clovis and all the Tirapelles back here in the Midwest going at it at the Clash? And we get a we <laughs> get a close view I, of
2: that. I I promise you. Zero, unfortunately, because <laughs> Lance Hughes at <of> the class <laughs> asked me that same thing last year and he goes, what's it going to take? We love that. And I was like, hey, I'm just being real honest with you. I go, it's a big endeavor for our team to come out there. You know, it's a roughly give or take, you know, fifteen thousand dollars ballpark range. I go, we are not coming out and they are not coming out to ha- have any chance, even if it's a one percent chance to wrestle each other. <laughs> I was like, I can do that three miles away. <laughs> I'm not flying across the country <laughs> to do it. So, I mean, although it would be fun and stuff, I said, I know that for a fact, like we try, we specifically actually talk about tournament scheduling in that case. Like, Hey, you're not planning on going to this this year (laughs) because we see with the way tournaments are in California. And and like, you know, like you've said too, proximity and we duel, and then we're in the same league, regional, sectional state. I go, if if we have good kids in the same weight, they'll wrestle six times in a year. I was like, I don't need a (laughs) seventh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Troy, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for giving us time out of your schedule and uh, safe travels and best of luck to you guys this weekend.
2: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: Well, let's shift ahead to bracket B. We're going to start with the number one seed in bracket B, the perennial power from Ohio, St. Edward coming in. St. Edward's going to draw Foley from Minnesota in round one, the bottom half of the top bracket there prior lake minnesota is going to take on commerce from georgia shifting down to the bottom side of bracket b providence catholic opens with owatana from minnesota pierce south dakota draws perennial minnesota power apple valley lance when you look at bracket b what are some of the interesting things that you see here i'm excited to see this uh, little small school commerce georgia
1: uh i've been in touch with them for a long time Last year, uh, they lost to Archer in a duel by one point. Caught my attention right away, and we thought, all right, this is a school of uh, maybe less than 400 kids, ninth through 12th grade. Uh, we're going to invite them. And we did, and they were excited about it. Uh, they did beat Archer again this year uh, in an in a individual tournament, and I think last week they lost by a couple of points to Archer in a duel tournament. But I'm excited about them. Uh, and they are the four seed, the five seed prior Lake, some really good kids. So th- that's a great first day duel right there. I'm also excited to see Providence Catholic from Illinois. Uh, they've been to the clash years ago. They had been a power uh, a while back and they are back. They're a young team. I hope we see them at the clash for a few years to come. And they're wrestling uh, the town I grew up in, Owatonna, Minnesota. Um, So, I like that duel. Oatana should be getting uh, Brandon Moen back, I believe, at 195, who's nationally ranked in the top 20. That's a difference maker for them. They've got four or five guys on that team that, if they match up right uh, and they can get some pins out of those four or five guys, uh, they're competitive in that match as a three and six, if they match up right. Uh, Pierce, South Dakota, hasn't been. This will be, I think, their third time, and it's been a few years since they've been here. They've got Apple Valley in the first round. I'm excited to see Pierre Russell and to see where they finish up. Uh, The tough draw of the tournament might be Foley, Minnesota, getting St. Ed right off the bat. Uh, Foley placed second in the state Minnesota tournament, uh, double-A tournament last year. They are a tough team. They took a loss to Kenyon Wanamingo early in the season by one point. And then Thursday night, as I had mentioned previously, they wrestled Simley who uh, is in bracket C as a four seed, They lost to Simley by one point. And we had the Minnesota Christmas tournament, which everybody plays. Kenyon Wanamingo, uh, they had taken a loss to Zombrota Mazeppa. Zombrota Mazeppa finished, uh, I think at the bottom of the teams uh, at the Minnesota Christmas tournament, as far as the teams that are participating at the clash. So, you know, you're kind of forced to put Foley down there by results. And, uh, you know, they draw St. Ed. But trust me, they could, uh, if if they lose to St. Ed in that first round, they could feasibly win that fifth bracket. And I, I kid you not, that is a good team. If everybody comes healthy, uh, they probably would be the lowest seed that you might want to bet on to way out finish their seed.
0: We had a chance to visit with the head coach from St. Edward, Greg Urbis. We're going to take a listen to that interview now. We're joined now by the head coach of one of the most prestigious high school programs in the country, Greg Urbis of St. Edward, Ohio. Thanks for giving us a little time today, Coach. Uh, Thanks for calling, Andy. I want to go back, to, uh, first of all, the last year's clash, You guys finished second to Buchanan. That duel ended up 32-19 to 19 on the scoreboard, but there were some close ones in there that, that could have went the other way. What did you and your guys take away from that experience last year?
3: Well, I, I thought that uh, they were extremely well coached, and uh, I thought that they were uh, in super, super shape. Uh, so we took some things back individually with our team, and uh, – we managed to improve after the clash.
0: What do you like about the clash that keeps you guys coming back? What What are the lessons that you tend to learn year after year from this tournament?
3: Well, I think um, the clash brings out uh, some tremendous uh, coaching and tremendous teams. Uh, I really I am amazed at the, the level of coaching throughout the country that comes to the clash. Um, so, it it's, it's humbling in terms of we know that we've got a pretty darn good team, but we know that there's other great, great uh, teams out there and great coaches out there, and uh, we have to work each day to, to compete with them.
0: You're coming back to the class this year with a team that's ranked third nationally. What is unique about this group?
3: Well, their work ethic is really, really excellent. They compete hard and they train hard. Uh, they've got the whole package, so we're really, really happy with them.
0: You know, to me, one of the most incredible streaks in the sport is St. Edward's string of consecutive years with a division one, all American. You, you said it's at 25 now. What does that mean to you and the guys who have come through the program? Um, it means
3: quite a bit because, uh, it, it, I believe it shows that what our coaches are showing our, our wrestlers, uh, it works. It works on the highest level. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. And, uh pretty neat when they come back. Uh, we just had 18 uh, alumni here for practice the other day uh, on Saturday and Christmas Eve. And our kids, uh, the grades, uh, the high school kids get to take a look at the college kids and guys that are done with college. And uh, we have them speak to our kids about uh, com- uh, competing and improving on the rest of that, uh, keeping the grades up and uh, and letting the sport use, uh, use the sport and let the sport use you have it uh, as a door for uh, uh, college opportunities. So it's pretty darn neat. We always have our uh, alumni speak to our uh, our wrestlers and give them words of wisdom. And, uh, this, can you share... This has been a-
0: Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, sorry to interrupt you, I was going to say, can Can you share a little bit um, who who the guys were that spoke this year and, and what some of the messages were that they, they shared?
3: Well, let's see, we had uh, Mike Kazicki and um his is all about hard work. He wrestled at the University of Michigan. Yeah, Mar Marcus Scheidel was there and he wrestles for Columbia University. Um he uh he did not win a state title but he won a Fargo title. and So he he just talks about constantly about improving, improving, improving. Uh Colin Hefferman jumped up the weight class this year, he's at Central Michigan doing a heck of a job. And uh I believe he wants to uh be a school teacher. He told the kids that. At uh, majoring in history Uh, L.J. Bentley uh, he's at the University of of Pittsburgh and uh, he's in the business department there Uh, Mark Jane teaches here at St. Ed's, he wrestled for Jimmy Huffington at Illinois and uh, he was a scholar athlete here at St. Ed's and as well in the Big Ten Uh, so it's about grades, grades, grades Uh, Mike Carpenter wrestled at Iowa and at Cleveland State he's in the Hall of Fame at Cleveland State and he's a school teacher as well Coach Heffernan, he is our main coach. He is the coach on our staff. He's unbelievable. He's been with us since 92. He's an 84 grad. He was a captain for uh, Coach Gable at Iowa his senior year in 89. He's unbelievable. He brings the best out of the kids in terms of being competitors. And um, his message has always been hit the books, hit the books, hit the books. Uh, Nikki Barber is uh, uh, in his last year at Eastern Michigan, and then he'll go on and get his uh, MBA. Uh, Dominic Abinader wrestles at Michigan, and um, he's uh, being redshirted this year, and he'll be coming back for his uh, fourth year of competition next year. Uh, but he was a heck of a, a scholar athlete here at St. As he played football and wrestled. He was on a state championship team here. Andy Rios uh, is uh, works for Sherman Williams, and he was uh, third in the state here in wrestling at the Indiana. He was an NCAA qualifier uh, at Indiana for Coach Goldman, and he's a uh, He's got a pretty high up in Sherman Williams organization. Uh, Jared Leitich, um, just loves every minute about being at Eastern Michigan. He's a freshman there and he just took, uh, the, uh, the basics that, uh, has provided to him, uh, both academically and in the sport of wrestling over there at Eastern. It's working real well for him. Uh, Gus Saco, um, uh, wrestled here at St. As and wrestled at the University of Virginia. Uh, shoot, this is how sharp he was. He took a fifth semester college math as a senior in high school. Uh, So he's big time in his dad's uh, business right now. Uh, Ben Rios, uh, played football and wrestled here at St. Ed's. He ended up being on uh, West Virginia's football team and he works for Sherman Williams as well. And uh, the kids, they always talk about uh, um, letting the sport teach you the lessons so that you can use them in college and use them in in the real world. Uh, Eddie Jane. He coaches down in uh, Columbus. He's at a high school down there. He was a scholar-athlete at uh, uh, Penn State University. Jack Conway was here. He wrestles uh, right now at the University of Pennsylvania. Also, he's in the Rossi program, so that's pretty amazing. Ivy League, Rossi, and wrestling all together. Uh, Nick Sulzer came in today, and uh, also on Saturday, he was a three-time All-American at uh, the University of Virginia and um, he was a scholar-athlete here as well there, and he works for the FBI here in Cleveland. And then we had Hunter Ladner come in who wrestles at the Harvard University, and he's their starting uh, 49-pounder. And he'll be wrestling in the Midlands pretty uh, pretty soon here this week. And Michael Malley played football and wrestled here, uh, come to, came in the room work out with the kids, uh, but he's on a football scholarship at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. So those that's the crew that came in. This, uh, wow! On Saturday and Monday.
0: Wow, that's quite a who's who list. And and you know, you didn't mention Dean Heil of Oklahoma State or or Ty Walls of Virginia Tech, a couple other St. Edward uh, grads that are are uh, doing big things at the college level now. Um But but there's still a connection with those guys as well. When, do your guys that are still in the program do they fully grasp? um Is, is it still a big deal for them? You know, to see these guys come through, or or is there just so many of them, um, yeah, you, know, you know that um, maybe they don't uh, fully grasp what what it's all about, like like some other programs where where they might not have as many um, college stars coming through on a regular basis.
3: Uh, I think each and every one of them get uh, something out of it. Some probably get more than another because they're all different human beings. Uh. But I'll tell you what, you could hear, tell you the truth, you can hear a pin drop when uh, Coach Heffernan would call one of the alumni to speak one at a time. And uh, they're very respectful and their eyeballs are on the guy uh, speaking. So that's pretty neat. So I'm sure they're getting the message.
0: You know, you mentioned Coach Heffernan earlier in this interview and as well off the year, uh, you said he was the guy that makes the program tick there. What can you share with us about his influence on the program?
3: Well, uh, probably his toughness. He he is just so dedicated, loves the sport so much, and just teaches the kids how to compete. He is he's really remarkable. Uh, the, the whole family they came from his brother was our first state champ out of 105 that we now have. His brother Jimmy's head coach at Illinois, he was a two-timer for us and four-time All-American at Iowa, the national champ at Iowa, and, and John was a two-time All-American for Coach Gable and captain his senior year. So he brings that uh uh the toughness factor in the mental toughness um and just uh proper preparation um he he's just really incredible about it um he pushes them real hard and he also knows when to uh to uh to cut back. He knows how to freshen up the kids uh, it's been time and time and time again I've heard that high school coaches at the state tournament uh speak about how our team has improved dramatically since uh Christmas time. And that's all on Coach Heffernan. His training methods are just incredible. And, uh, he changes practice every day so the kids don't get in a rut. And it's pretty darn neat. It, it's just, uh, it's really a sight to behold. I've watched him in action since 92, and he runs all our practices. He's, he's just incredible. He's incredible. And, uh, I'm sure these guys that spoke that were coached by, and they all, all of them were coached by Coach Heffernan. And, uh, they know they properly were properly prepared for college wrestling.
0: St. Edward will open uh, Friday at the Clash against Foley of Minnesota. Uh, Coach Ervis, what are you most eager to find out about your team this coming weekend?
3: Well, as Coach F would say, and he spoke to the kids today, it's all about uh, competing. Competing as hard as they can, as long as they can. And, uh, and then we'll go from there and get any lessons learned here Friday and Saturday. I'm sure there will be a lot of things that are uh, we'll have no time or have on our uh, video. Uh, things to work on to improve even more after this weekend. So that's what we look at: going against great kids, great coaches, seeing where we stack up, seeing where we're strong, seeing where we need uh, improvement on, and kind of kind of take it as a, a it is a big test, and, and you learn from your test, so you uh, get your see your mistakes and
0: and work on them and improve on them. Well, hey, coach, thanks so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it, and best of luck to you guys this weekend thank you so much shifting ahead to bracket c which is going to hit the mat december 30th at 4 p.m the number one seed there the number four team nationally lake highland prep coming up from florida lake highland Prep's going to take on thompson from alabama vacaville california gets simley of minnesota in the bottom half of the bracket wasatch utah takes on corona del sol arizona kenyan Wanamingo coming in from minnesota it uh, takes on Washington of Illinois in bracket C, which has cadet world bronze medalist Jacob Warner wrestling at 195 pounds. When you look at this bracket, Lance, what uh, what are some of the things that you have your eye on here in bracket C?
1: I'm really excited to see Lake Island Prep. It's their first trip to the uh, Clash. We tried to get him in last year and uh, just some things just we couldn't get, the, couldn't get it worked out. Uh, Mike Palazzo, uh, if you've ever had a conversation, obviously I know you have had a conversation with him in the past. We've talked about it. He's a smart guy. He knows wrestling. He's got a a great view on wrestling. I could talk wrestling with the guy uh, all day long. He is bringing in a lot of top-ranked guys. Uh, Really excited to have them part of the field. Uh, Washington, Illinois, and Kenyon Wanamingo. The last two years, Kenyon Wanamingo has outperform their seed and probably been the most exciting team to watch at the clash. They've had tons of exciting duels. Two years ago, they were the seventh seed and knocked off a uh, union out of Iowa, uh, who was the second seed. And uh, they just had a great clash. They followed that up last year. I believe they finished in the third bracket. Uh, and that is a very small school here in Southeast Minnesota. They actually, they're the host school even for the clash. Um, So excited for them. Uh, They'll do good things. Uh, They were the Class A Minnesota State champions last year. Wasatch, Utah, and Corona del Sol, Arizona. Uh, That's a three and a six seed. Corona del Sol had some kids move in from, uh, I think it was Seton Catholic. Uh, I hope I'm right on that, from Arizona. And that has loaded that team up. Uh, They will be a team to be contended with wasatch will have their hands full i think right away um wasatch is coached by uh wade disher who used to be an assistant for Oatana, and he's been bringing his team back to the clash since um simley always a power they finished in our top bracket many times they have vacaville who's been here all 14 this will be their 15th year and uh vacaville's ranked 14th in california uh Simley won't be sleeping on that duel whatsoever. Um, Will Short will have his guys ready. And we get to see uh, Kirklevit there and uh, um, ranked from Simley at 195. He's one of the top 10 kids in the country. Uh, There's a great name to watch. If you've never seen him wrestle, keep your eye on him. That's a pretty tough bracket right there. If I was going to pick a bracket that I wouldn't want to put my team in, that might be the one. That just shaped up to be really tough.
0: You mentioned at the top Mike Palazzo, the head coach from Lake Highland Prep. Interesting story there, how he's he's built that program. You know, he talked about at the beginning having three wrestlers on his team, and, and here we are nine years later. He's uh, ranked number four in the country. Here's a chance to uh, listen to Mike Palazzo now. We're joined now by the head coach of the fourth-ranked team in the InterMAT Fab 50, Mike Palazzo of Lake Highland Prep in Florida. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to join us, Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Hey, um, we were talking a little bit earlier off the air about the history of the program during your time there. You took over nine years ago, and the school had never had a state qualifier can you share with our audience a little bit about what those early years were like and how you built the program to the level it's at now? Yeah. Well, it took, you know, I,
4: yeah, coming to Florida, I think that um, I didn't even know what to expect. I hadn't coached prior to it. So I didn't, um, you know, I, I just had a feeling for, for what I thought was uh, the right way to do it came from a good place. You guys know. And um, uh it was rough. It was a little bit of rough water. Remember, there's you talked about a place that didn't have a whole lot of culture, deep-rooted culture in the higher level of wrestling or what what it actually takes to get to that that point. But um, it, was, it was real rough water at the start. I mean, we didn't have... A, you know, the team went down to three people at one point um, at that very first year um, because of the regimen and kind of what it was expected in this new way of kind of going about and looking at the sport and... and um, you know, and, and from that point, got a hold of a couple of kids who really wanted to work hard and, um, you know, pushed it pretty hard and, and built the culture, um, I, I guess, relatively quickly, but um, had a group of guys, a younger kid that kind of came in the next year that all are still around today, you know, for the most part, a good majority of those guys are still around. And um, whenever you get a hold of some kids that are in the sixth grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, um and uh and they stick with a program for a period of time if you're doing the right things. you should have some some level of success, and we've been blessed to have that. We're still bad about it.
0: Um, so there's probably a lot of coaches around the country that are in similar positions to maybe where you were when you you took over with you know limited numbers. Um, what advice would you maybe give them?
4: Well, I think, honestly, it's a, it's a part of, like, um, you know, kind of sticking to your, your guns a little bit. I see a lot. We talked about it earlier today. You know, I see a lot of guys kind of um, fall into maybe my, maybe the parents or maybe the, the, the backroom talk or the hallway talk. We are going through the hard times, and it seems the immediate thing to do would be to, um, you know, go where the where it seems that the grass is greener. And um, when you do that, you you, you kind of, your own program, you know, gets derailed. Um, and, you, and what I mean by sticking to your guns is you make a plan. You, you work real hard on keeping that group of people on that plan. And um, and you go through the good times and the bad times together. But ultimately what happens is you get kids who believe in something that have one direction. And, and um, you know, and we all know how mental wrestling is. So we could be doing all the training and all those other things, right? But if you really want to get them to that mental state of mind where they can win those top twenty type of matches and they can compete with with you know the best all over the country. And remember when you know when we were in Florida, where were you know that's where the gauge was set. We didn't we you know I didn't just set out to win a state championship, but maybe you know probably thinking right off the bat that we would um, that we would have bigger goals and talked about those bigger goals and keeping people on that program, whatever it is, what we're doing this weekend, where we're going in the spring, where we're going in the summer, where we're going to compete in the wintertime, where we're going to, you know, what we're going to, what our training cycle is going to be like all those things, you know, at Lake Highland prep, that group of kids is on, you know, and we don't have, um, you know, I, I call them the freelancers. Where you got a guy in a program, but he kind of does what he, what he wants to do. And he's kind of here and there. And sometimes that formula works for individuals. I don't see it working for a whole group, a whole team, um, you know, in a whole program. And, uh, and I think that, you know, our, our sport is great when it's thought of as a team sport as opposed to um, just an individual sport.
0: It feels like Florida wrestling has become more visible on on a national level during the past decade as well. How have you seen Florida high school wrestling change during your time there?
4: Oh, it's definitely gotten better. I think communication lines are a lot more open. I think that there's a lot of programs kind of um, getting kids, uh, you know, out and wrestling in, in multiple different faceted events, which gets them exposure, which kind of raises the bar. So, um, you know, used to be that there's, you know, maybe that there was just a couple pockets. um, And now you're starting to see individuals and, you know, studs pretty much all over the state. You know, it's not, you know, what people would like to say, well, Lake Island prep. Well, we have a good amount of of tough kids, but the reality is that it's not that easy to win a state championship here. You know, um, not anymore. There's always going to be another guy. There's always another guy. There's always another kid. There's always, you know, somebody else. So I think that yeah, our, our top, our higher level of, um, you know, wrestler, our one, twos, and threes are as good as anybody. And I don't know if it was like that. And I don't know if it was like like that, um, you know, 10 years ago. So I think it's gradually getting better and better for sure.
0: This will be Lake Island Prep's first trip to the Clash. What made you want to be a part of this?
4: Yeah, well, when I thought I had a better dual team than I than I might have, <laughs> not <I'm> joking. <laughs> no, the reality is that I know that it's a grand event. I know that it's um, you know it's uh, it's a special place to be for all the teams that are there, and I know they do a great job. There there was a there has been a um, a curveball in the last few hours. I don't know if people knew about it, but the the idea of the weight, you know, in in the state of Minnesota, we recently found out that you don't have. Um, you don't get a two-pound allowance until after the first of the year, or right, in January. Um, you know, so that that was a curveball that happened um, just in the last day or so, um, having to roll back in and tell your guys that um, you got to make scratch, even though you thought you were past that. Um, but uh, we're we're, we're going to tackle that hurdle, and um, and be ready to roll. But I think again, the clash is something that I've always hear about, and you know that it's a, a great place to be, and it's a great event. Um, you know, honestly, we're just trying to work hard to do the best that we can. And um in, in order to do that, we gotta we gotta wrestle in the toughest places we can. So um, that's that's why the Lake Island is gonna be there.
0: You guys have five guys who are, are ranked nationally by Intermat in the in the latest national rankings. What can you share about this group? What's unique about this group that you're coaching?
4: Yeah, I would say, again, the, the most thing about it is that that group of guys have been together for quite a long time. And um, I couldn't say anything other than that they're all on the same page. You know, I, they um, they really do take a lot of pride in what we've built and what the program's all about. And, um, and they've been doing it for a long time. It's not just last week or, you know, maybe since people have been hearing about Lake Island Prep, but before people have heard about it. That same group of kids were plugging away, um, you know, working on it. You know, a guy like Ben Golden has been going to Lake Highland Prep since he was in pre-K. Um, so it's a special thing to him because that's his school. That's where he grew up. And, um, and now that the school, you know, that the program is doing what it's doing, um, these guys, you know, have a lot of pride in that whole idea of, 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 uh, of the system. And we have a small school, you know, there's only 400 in the upper school. Um, but, but going down the layers, there's a middle school, there's a, there's an elementary school, right? So some of these kids are able to kind of now grow up, you know, connected to the program. And, um, and that makes a, a big difference for them and, and the, the level of, you know, maybe pride or commitment they have to it. So, you know, if I said there was one thing that was unique, I would tell you that it's about um, being a part of something that is consistent. And uh, while it's tough to be a part of, I think they all relish the idea that it's theirs. And, um, you know, they've they've created it together. And that group of guys have been around for a while now.
0: Yeah, I've been told, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, that that you were the first state champion at Glenbard North for Coach Mark Hahn. How did he help shape your life? Yeah, well, God, it's crazy. I was telling you earlier, you know,
4: I, I mean, I got to honestly say that I couldn't, there's no way I would be a wrestling coach right now if it wasn't for Mark Hahn, And, um, and I didn't have any intention of being a wrestling coach for the majority of the years, right. When I got done with school, was done being a wrestler was off doing, you know, things that most people do. You go off to you get your job, you start a career, you do this, you do that. And it was probably um, totally out of my mind, but when wrestling did come back to me, I got I, I was, Duly reminded of what this man actually has done for me. And, um, and the list goes on and on. And, you know, I I would tell you that, uh, it's probably in one word, it's humility. You know, the the guy, it just oozes humility and he, and he, and he makes you feel like, um, you gotta kind of live like that to have a real life. And, um, and wrestling's a lot like that. You know, we run around, we try to be as successful as we can. We want to be winners. But at the end of it, it requires a ton of sacrifice. And um, guys like Mark Hahn, you know, are so good at it, have been so good at it. I'll give you one story. I go back to my, you know, I'm home for one week uh, back in Chicago area this past summer. I have my family, my two little kids, my wife. I go back. I'm going to try to find, you know, Coach Hahn just to say hey to him. Um, he's not the easiest guy to ho- get a hold of because he's not like a, a texter or anything like that. But, um, you know, I figure I'll head out to the school because I know he's usually there. He wasn't at the school, but he was across the street at his farm. And, um, if anybody knows anything about their, the, you know, Mark Hahn, he's got a, he's got a, um, a plot of farm that's like kitty corner to the, to Glenbar North High School. And it's been there for forever, for years. And um when I was in high school, I worked on that farm. When I was in high school I baled hay, I delivered hay, uh, we hauled hay, we did all kinds of stuff on the farm and I pretty much worked every single summer, um, you know, with other wrestlers out there, you know, kinda doing the job. And he would pay you like literally like I don't know, two dollars an hour, maybe a dollar seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be out there from start to finish. He would drop you off. I would run to the school, do the weightlifting thing in the morning. After the lift, 6 a.m., you would work with him the whole day long, and, you know, you'd end up getting dropped off at your house at uh, 6 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night. You know, you did a whole 12-hour day of farming, and, um, you know, and you got some McDonald's and some MMs for lunch and some as much Diet Coke as you wanted to drink. Um, but the thing is, You don't really realize what that's really doing for you in life, just in general. But I go back to find this guy, and where is he? He's across the street. Now, remember, it's 35 years later. He's across the street on the farm with five other Glenbard North wrestlers, four Glenbard North wrestlers, and they're loading up a wagon of hay to go deliver it. And that's just this summer. This man is still doing these things. He doesn't have to do them to make To pay his bills. He doesn't have to do it to, to, you know, to to make ends meet. He honestly is doing that because he knows that those five kids out there are learning some, you know, unbelievable lessons and values in life. And um, anybody who continues to do this year after year after year, I think that if you ask them, I don't know, but I think I I don't, I think he's retiring soon, right? He's retiring next year. The guy never took a sick day. He's been a teacher for 40-something years, 40-plus years, and he, all those sick days were added up. He never missed a day of school. He's um, wow. the first guy to, in there, the last guy to leave. Um, and I can tell you, not just me, but there's so many of us that the guy has really, really, really um, you know, changed our lives. You know, there's no doubt about lot. People talk about the Gold Dot Nation. Um, I'm part of that. I take a lot of pride in it. There's no doubt about it. I do um, in my own program and my own thought pattern and the way that I go about things. And it's really just a good checks and balances in life for this group of people. But that Wrestling Nation, that th- those guys who are part of that that that, uh, that process, I think every one of us would look back and say, holy cow, this guy is, is, is an amazing human being. And he's done so much for all of us. Um, and I can tell you a whole lot of Lake Highland preps success if we've had some up until this point. there have been a lot because a guy like that um, was in my life. And there's no doubt about
0: it. Looking ahead to bracket D, we've got Oak Park River Forest coming back, taking on Plattsmouth from Nebraska. Hermiston, Oregon draws St. Michael Albertville from Minnesota. La LaSalle from California takes on nearby Albert Lee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin gets Park Hill from Missouri, Lance. When you look at uh, the D bracket, uh, what what are some of the things that stick out to you there?
1: For one, I'm excited to see De La Salle, California. Uh, this is their first time making the trip to the Clash. They are coached by Mark Halverson, who was in a, a coach on the Olympic Greco team this past summer, and he is building quite a program there. Uh, they have a, they're the third seed they have Albert lee minnesota who is Albert lee is located not too far from rochester just 25 30 miles down the road um that's a fun one uh park hill missouri had a pretty good tournament last year at the clash they have returned a lot of wrestlers they've got a few freshmen who have come in and really making an impact on that team as the two seed they are tough and uh They're going to have a good duel against uh, De La Salle. If De La Salle beats Albert Lee and Park Hill gets by Pewaukee, Wisconsin, um, that's going to be a good one. Uh, OPRF, always one of my favorite teams. They are probably a team that really stands out in regards to what a clash team is all about. Uh, They're well coached. They always come very focused. They seem to have enough depth to move their wrestlers around. and. Paul Collins will get the right matchups on guys and on other teams. Uh, just a fun team to watch all the way around. Uh, and Plattsmouth, Nebraska, first time making the trip as well. They're the Class B champions from Nebraska last year. And uh, a really good small school. We're excited to have them as well. Uh, in the four and five bracket, the four seed is St. Michael Elberville, who won the clash a few years back. Always tough, always come prepared. They're a great dual team. They're going to get Hermiston, Oregon, uh, who is making their uh, second uh, trip back for two years in a row here. Uh, great team, great bunch of kids. They stuck up, They really stood out last year. I remember watching them. They brought, had a great team there, uh, had a great finish, and rounds out that bracket pretty good. Uh, the one, two, and the three in that bracket – if they match up right, don't don't sleep on De La Salle, California. They're tough.
0: You mentioned uh, Paul Collins at OPRF and how he moves around his lineup to, to find the right matchups. So we had a chance to visit with Paul Collins about the philosophy that he takes into the clash. We're joined now by Oak Park River Forest coach Paul Collins. Thanks for taking some time for us, Paul.
5: Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Lance Hughes was telling me the other day that he's a big OPRF fan, and he said that you guys are big proponents of the clash. What do you guys like so much about this tournament?
5: Uh, Well, the the high level of competition is obviously something that we we look forward to with our guys. Um, But, you know, equally and maybe even more importantly, it's a really well-run tournament. Um, and it's a tournament that has kind of, it, it, there's a really positive atmosphere at the, at the tournament, you know, and I think the part of that is because of the team aspect, you know, you have everyone cheering, everybody rallying, and then everyone has their fans, but, um, and it's all in one venue, which is really nice. So for us, we really like the fact that, it, and that the guys who bring us in, um, you know, really do a good job of taking care of the teams. You know, they have the banquet the the before with the coaches, Um, and they, and they, you know, they talk with everybody and it's, you know, I don't know, it's for lack of a better term, it's just a, it's just a really welcoming environment. And for wrestling, I know that sounds a little bit weird. Um, but I think just, uh, you know, it, it makes people want to come back, you know, there's the level of competition, but then there's the fact that, you know, you're going to be, you know, treated with respect. The referees, uh, do a really good job and the coaches, you know, get to work together. There's not that kind of combative spirit that sometimes you see in matches, um, and i think that all kind of stems from the the environment that the 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 guys who run the tournament really set up for everyone.
0: What have you learned about your team to this point of the season and and what do you hope to find out this weekend?
5: Uh well, we found out that we have some we have some tough young guys on our team and we have some very good senior leadership. Uh we, we we found out after the Iron Man that we had we had plenty of you know room to improve and, and work to put in. Um and we've kinda of simplified some things and we've kinda of gone back to our to our ways of really just focusing on on, on wrestling hard and, and getting guys to push the pace and you know, with our with our younger guys we kinda of wanna see that growth uh that that we've made over the last uh, you know, month really. Um or two three weeks. And I think uh, you know, we this. We've had some, you know, pretty, you know, good duels, but, you know, we're also looking to see how hard these guys are willing to wrestle for each other. And and that's something that, that we push uh with our guys and we try to we try to get them to understand and buy into our family concepts. You know, and this is a great tournament for us to to see where we are in that regard because there are so many competitive dual meets, you know, you move your lineup around, everyone has to be ready to wrestle kind of thing and, and it get guy you know, it it gets those younger guys, it gets some of those guys that you know may not be a starter but could could wrestle on a big dual meet if, if we're shifting lineups around uh to get in those madness matches and really feel that environment and be a part of that atmosphere. So I think you know we're we're looking to see where we are as a team and and hoping that uh you know that we'll see some real improvement in terms of our our pace and 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 you know effort on the mat uh you know from the last few weeks.
0: You mentioned moving your lineup around, and you guys are certainly no strangers to this tournament. OPRF is the number one seed in bracket D, and, and there are some nationally ranked teams uh, yes. in there, like like Park Hill, and, and some other squads with with quite a bit of tradition. What kind of preparation do you do uh, for this tournament in in scouting other teams and, and trying to get a feel for where to move guys? You know how to how to adjust your lineup accordingly.
5: Well, they, you know, uh, there, there are some teams that we definitely, you know, we, we watch film on. And, uh, you know, we some of the guys that are, you know, those nationally ranked teams, as you spoke of, you know, they have nationally ranked guys. So, you know, some of the guys that we know of, um, mm-hmm. you know, just from the offseason or nationals or whatever it may be. Um, but really, it's, they also, you know, we also get like the lineups and it, and it has each guy and their credentials. So we kind of go through that and we talk a lot about, you know, if we have to make this move, we have to make that move and you know sometimes it's like you you, you don't wanna you don't wanna overcoach and overdo it and just kind of let your guys go out there and wrestle uh so that's kind of where we always come back to but there will definitely you know we'll be looking at lineups we'll be looking at what teams may do um you know in previous duels um as well to just kind of see you know where they may be moving guys or what matchups are are
4: beneficial for us
5: so you know there it's there's always some kind of uh maneuvering going on but i think our our biggest preparation is you know getting our guys to wrestle and then you know us coaches kind of sitting around and 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 having discussions and talks about you know what moves we can make what are actually beneficial for us and you know how, how we match up well against the other teams
0: well hey paul thank you so much for your time and best of luck to you guys this weekend
5: absolutely appreciate it thank you very much for having me on
0: well, that'll do it for the bracket breakdown segment of the podcast. Lance Hughes, you mentioned the live stream. Uh, you touched on this earlier in the show that uh, each school is going to be bringing an announcer with them. How did that idea come about and what do you think that that adds to the live stream? Uh, you know, it
1: came about because uh, I also work with the state tournament webcast in Minnesota. And uh, we do that at the state high school tournament where... Each team, if you make the state tournament, you have a webcast announcer who makes it. We implemented it in the Clash a few years ago, and uh, it just works out great. It's uh, every team, and I say every team, there's a couple of them that don't have anybody right now, and we find somebody from Minnesota, a good announcer to fill in, but they bring somebody with them. So somebody will come with Wasatch and... They know the kids that are. They know the wrestlers. They know the school. They know the wrestling program's history. They know the community. They know the coaching staff. Uh, so it just brings really a great community feel to the match from both sides. There's always two two announcers on each duel. Uh, you won't have to sit at home and listen to uh, whoever's running the camera talk, telling stories in the background. Uh, it's been really well received. That's probably the biggest comment we've gotten out of the clash. The biggest improvement over the last few years is uh, just how good that webcast is.
0: Do you get a chance to watch many of the matches over the course of the two days? or Are you too busy doing other things?
1: Nope. I will always take time and uh, go up and I sit with a group of guys or guys and gals who are the all tournament team selection committee. They sit up at the top. They're a good, fun bunch of guys, and uh, I'll go up there and get one of the best seats in the house, and I got to watch a little bit of wrestling. I put too much work in it to not enjoy it.
0: Well, if you can't make it to Rochester, certainly log in to Track Wrestling. You can catch all the action live and archived from The Clash. We're thrilled to have this event on Track Wrestling. Thank you for joining us, Lance Hughes. Thanks so much for your insight tonight. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, we're really looking forward to this event. Hey, Andy, thanks for your time. And I just want to let everybody know if they
1: want to view the brackets and check out the clash a little bit more, they can go to www.clashmn, as in clashmn.com. Andy, thanks so much for taking the time. We really appreciate track wrestling's uh, commitment to the clash. And it's uh, good to have you as a partner.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lance Hughes. You can check out more on the clash on the clash website, theclashmn.com. You can uh, check out the history of the event on there. You can also see the the brackets as well as on trackwrestling.com. We're ready to get this thing started. So, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening, and uh, looking forward to the tournament this weekend.